They live in Bethlehem, Judah. And I just want to cover just a little bit of that as we go into chapter 2. Um, this morning I'm going to walk through uh, the book of Ruth here as God has instructed me as we begin to look at the Word of God. We know we understand types and shadows. We understand in Isaiah 54, it talks about the tongue of the learned. And so in this house, a third day ministry, kingdom, amen, the kingdom. Tell your neighbor, it's all about the kingdom. Amen. 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 language. Some of us may understand it also in parables. A parable is a truth or a string that runs alongside the truth. So we speak in parables and we speak in kingdom language, so if we need to understand a word that we can go into a Bible dictionary to understand uh, what the words mean to us, a noun or a verb, is it figuratively speaking or literally speaking to us? So in the book of Ruth, as we look at last week and we understand that when they left Bethlehem Judah, Bethlehem means house of bread, and Judah means praise. Bible says when they left Bethlehem Judah that Naomi, amen, it didn't say that at the beginning, but as Naomi began to cry out that she said she was full, and she, you know, that word there implies she was full of the word, she was full of life, she was full of hope. The Bible said that it was a famine in Bethlehem Judah, not for water or food, but for the word of God. And though there was a famine, there was still food there. Because she had left her and her husband, she allowed her husband to leave her. I would say she allowed flesh to leave her out of the place that, amen, the only place that you can find rest is in the in Bethlehem Judah. You know, rest for our souls is in a place that we're being fed the word of God and they left and she was full of life, she was full of joy, she was full of peace. But when she left, she went to a city called Moab. Moab is the name of a city, the city of a man. The man's name is Moab. Moab, amen. He was a descendant of Lot. Lot means flesh, it means fail, but it means flesh. Anything that will fail your mind, anything will fail your understanding from Hearing and seeing God is a veil. Amen. Speaks of the flesh. Moab was a city that was the son of the grandson of Lot, Moab. And not only that, it was near the Dead Sea. We talk about two types of seas. There's the Sea of Galilee and then there's the Dead Sea. Galilee, the Sea of Dead Galilee is a, where water comes and goes. Water is a type of shadow of the Holy Spirit. Water is a type of shadow of the Word. And then the Sea of Galilee, water came in and water goes out. It was a continual flow of the Word of God, a continual flow of the Holy Spirit in and out of the Sea of Galilee. If we use it naturally, so spiritually, so a continual flow out of a person's belly when the Word, the clear Word, the truth of God's Word is flowing in and out of you, amen, you will receive Word and you will release Word. You'll receive, amen, the power of God out of your life and then you'll release the power of God out of your life. 
And but the Sea of Galilee is one that, amen, it only received water and then at a certain time the water would stop and all of a sudden it dries up and it became salt water, amen, and then it became a dead sea. We're talking about the city of Moab. Moab that was, amen, the descendant, amen, of Lot that meant flesh. So two things concerning this city is that it meant flesh Amen. And then it did not have life. Here you have Naomi and her husband and her two sons leaving a place where they were getting all that they needed and they moved to a place. Amen. Eventually the husband died. And then Naomi's husband died. And after Naomi's husband died, her two sons died. And then she began to die. Seemingly, if you study the word of God, you'll find that she was more spiritual. She was more knowledgeable. She had more understanding than her husbands and her sons. And after they died, she began to die. And she remembered. She still was able to hear. Tell you that, I don't care what happens. You want to still be able to hear. Amen. She just heard. She heard that still there was, amen, there was, God was blessing them in Bethlehem, Judah, and she realized that she came to the end of herself. I can re it remind me of Job, and Job said, I'm going to return home to my father. Hmm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He got, came to the end of himself, and God allows us to come to the end of ourselves so we will finally, amen, return home. The Bible says when she got ready to go home, uh, she began to talk to her daughter. She had, they were her daughter-in-laws because the son had married two daughters and they got ready, she got ready to go home and she told them, she said to them, y'all go back to where you came from, go back to your family, amen, because they'll probably give you rest for your soul. Tell you, they said, neighbor, there's only one place you can find rest. Telling them to go back, and they all began to weep. The Bible says the weeping was from a soulish realm that they were weeping. And as they began to weep, or Naomi, she began to see and call herself bitter. She began to say to them after they were saying they wanted to go with her, the daughter in laws, and she began to say that, uh, no, go back home. I don't have any more sons for you to marry. Amen. And even if I had, well, if God was able to make me, she didn't even have that and was able to. She was like, I can't have no more children. Amen. So I know I'm not going to raise no more sons, but if I had some more sons, are you willing to wait until they became grown to marry them? You might as well stay here where you can find a, another husband. And she had gave up on herself. She didn't think that God can bring life out of death. Oh, bless the Lord. She began to, amen, call herself moral, which means bitter. She had lost hope in everything that she believed in. And she told them, go back home. Amen. We know that the home that they came from out of the descendants of Boab, amen, was uh, flesh. And she was sending them back to a place that she had knew didn't bring her life. You know, as a witness, we don't want to send people to faith we know, amen, ain't going to bring a life. Yeah. At first, we have Oprah. You know, we think of Oprah, but it's Oprah, the way you pronounce it. And she had heard Naomi in her bitterness. It discouraged her. And she said, well, you sound like that. You ain't got no hope in yourself. Amen. Let me go on, on back home. And she determined she was going to go home. She's the type of mindset. 
amen, that goes back, amen, goes back into realms that you know don't bring your life. You know when you get, amen, bitter and you get angry with God, you got people that are upset with God, they'd rather just go back into the world. She went back even though she didn't identify with Naomi, even though Naomi was speaking like she was speaking, you got to be able to see, oh bless the Lord, to see, amen, who's leading you. You got to be able to see who's guiding you. And then regardless of what they're going through, amen, Ruth said, amen, where you go, I'm going to go. When you lay your head, I'm going to lay my head. I don't care what you're saying right now. There's something inside of you I can discern. I can sense there's something inside of you that I need to be connected with, amen, that's going to lead me into purpose, going to lead me into destiny. No matter what is going on right now, when I first met you, amen, you was a powerful woman of God. You had, amen, the, the accolades, amen. You had the oracle of the Lord. You had the voice of the Lord. And now you don't feel that way, but I remember. Tell you, baby, remember. remember. Hallelujah. I remember your testimony when I first met you. And just because you're going through right now, don't change what I saw in the beginning. Amen. When I first met you. So they went back to Bethlehem, Judah. The Bible says when they got there, that the people around were surprised when they seen Naomi. They were saying, Is this Naomi, the one? Amen. That left here full of life. Is this the Naomi? Amen. God was using so powerfully. Is this the Naomi? They had a word for you anytime you came near them. Is this the same person? You don't look the same no more because, amen, she had got out of the place that was feeding her. Hallelujah. She said, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. My name is Bitter. Because the Lord, when I left this place, I was full of life, and God caused me to be empty so that I would come to the end of myself and come back home and call me mom. Pick up here in the book of Ruth, that was chapter one. We're going to walk through this. We want to see kingdom dynamics. We're going to see the outer court, the holy place, the holy of all. We're going to pick up at chapter two, Ruth here. We're just going to walk through and see what God is saying to us. and. In the season that we are in right now, we bless your name, God. Thank you for your birth. Thank you, Father God, for leading and guiding us. In chapter 2 of Ruth, verse 1, Naomi had a kinsman, her husband, mighty man of wealth, of the family of, I always get that. Somebody say the word. Elimelech. Elimelech. We need to think about Abimelech, but Abimelech is his word, his name. And the Bible says here that he had a, a, a kinsman, a family member, was wealthy, and his name was Boaz. Here I'm going to teach Boaz in a couple different ways. I'm going to teach Boaz as the man, the natural man, and then I'm going to teach Boaz as a type of King Jesus. I'm going to teach him in types and shadows as King Jesus, but I'm going to also see him as the man. I'm going to teach from both dimensions, and both of these strings are run together. So you have to determine and see if the Holy Ghost will allow to bring an understanding for both types and shadows. In verse 2, and Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean 
ears of corn after him in whose sight I find grace. And she said unto her, Naomi said unto her, Ruth said, let me go to work. And she said, go my daughter. We see here that the relationship had changed because she was calling her daughter-in-law in chapter one, and now she's calling her her daughter. So their relationship had grew. Here you find Naomi now see that Ruth had invested in her, and now you're no longer my daughter-in-law, but you're my daughter because I believe that what you believe in me is real, and so we've grown closer. Verse three, and she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. I went and looked at this word reapers. You got a difference between the reap and the reapers. Here, the definition, the Bible definition said a reap is to harvest grain using a sickle. It says reaping is used as a symbol of recompense. A recompense means to repay for something, whether it's good or evil. And also, it, it, it signifies in the book of Revelation, it says, God says, John said, I saw in the book of Revelation, I saw God said to thrust a sickle into the heart. A, a sickle is one of those blades that will cut down something. When it was harvest season, it was time now to the, 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 the corn was ripe. The sickle came and cut down, amen, the corn. So when you think about a, the reef, it's to use the sickle, it's going harvest time, amen. And when you think of harvest, you think of bread, you think of corn, Amen. In this particular time, it says the reapers. He says, she says, and she went and clicked and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. So after the reapers has came, so the initial people that came in, come on, somebody say evangelism. Amen. So the first reapers came to evangelize because all of these words we're looking at harvest season is talking about people. God used natural things to speak about spiritual things. So harvest time is what God used agriculturally to harvest his people. That's why you find in the church they began harvest festivals not knowing this is God's time where he harvests his people. It's also called the Feast of Tabernacles. Oh, bless the Lord. Amen. Where this is the end of a season. It shouldn't be in our lives. The end of a season. The end of a cycle. Amen. To begin again. Because when you're ready. When you're right. Amen. When you're ready to change. God can thrust in the sickle now. And use you for his glory. And so but here you find. She says after the reapers. That means that there was a remnant laying around. Amen. After the evangelism team came through and just religiously gathered people. Amen. But there were still some left over. Those that we didn't think, amen, you could do ministry. Those that looked like they was good enough. Those that didn't look like they had the potential to serve God was left in the field. Here you have these that uh, you find Ruth coming after the reapers, amen, to begin to gather together what is left and her hat that word hat means good look says her hat was to light this light upon or stumble upon she had the good luck to stumble into Boaz's field somebody say on purpose <laughs> hallelujah make me think about that <laughs> that song intentional amen God know how to set us up on purpose if we will, amen, be led by the Spirit and go to where he would lead us and guide us. So, amen, it was a good look that she stumbled not into just any field, come on, not in just any church, 
but to stumble into Boaz's fear. Bless the Lord. The Bible says because Boaz was uh, kin to Elimelech. She was, uh, Boaz was kin um, to Elimelech. Elimelech was kin to Boaz, which is a kinsman redeemer, which was Naomi's husband who had died. Bless the Lord. Verse 4, and behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said unto the reapers, the Lord be with you. You begin to encourage, amen. You can use him as a type of shadow as of a pastor that sees people who are evangelizing his people, and you begin to encourage them, and you tell them what an awesome job they're doing. You begin to prophesy to them. You begin to encourage them in their work, amen, so that we won't get weary in well-doing. He began to say to them, Lord, be with you. Amen. And they answered and said, Lord, bless you also. Verse 5. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers. That's where you get the pastors and the bishops and the apostles that are over. Who is this damsel? Amen. Is this. And because she looked at different, talking about Ruth, because she, amen, stood out from everybody else, then he began to ask, Boaz asked as the man, who is this person? The servant that was set, the pastor that was over the reapers, answered and said, This is the Moabitess damsel that came with Naomi out of the country of Moab. Mine quickly went to Moab as being an immigrant, somebody from another country, amen, somebody that I'm not American. You know, we have all of the different nationalities, but that neither here nor there, amen, because we're neither black nor white. Male, female, Jew, or a Gentile. She had came from Moab, amen, and she followed Ruth, amen, and she followed Naomi, amen, to Bethlehem, Judah. And she said, I pray you let me glean and gather after the reapers what is left among the sheaves. I looked at their sheaves, it also being grain, and what they did is these sheaves. What they would do was they weren't in pieces, they were still stalked along, they were still, amen, usable, they were still intact, in they just didn't, amen, look like they were healthy, they didn't look like, amen, it was about nothing, but still they were bundles, they could grab a remnant, so the sheaves was a bundle, amen, of the wheat that was gathered together. And so here the Bible says that she began to say, let me glean some of the remnant. So she came and had continued. He began to testify about her work for the Lord. She's been here, amen, from sunup to sundown, and she's continued to, to tarry here. She has not stopped only just to take a break, but she continues to work for the Lord. Verse 8 in Boaz, um, he said unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my mate. Don't go nowhere else. And as I began to study that, I realized that literally, when you think about Moab, was the type of the outer court also. God allowed um, Naomi, not Naomi, Ruth, God allowed Ruth, amen, to move out of the outer court to the holy place. She was in the church age. And he was telling her, Boaz was telling her, don't go back, amen, but don't go to another, 
that you're in church age now, you need to move to the kingdom age. Are you all with me? Y'all all right? Praise the Lord. Don't go. Amen. Don't go back to the law age. Amen. Don't go to another church age. Stay right here, right where you are. Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my name. Verse 9. Let not thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. He's saying evangelize right here. I want you to reap right here. And go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they should not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go into the vessels and drink of what which the young men have drawn. Now, in order to understand any of God's word, really, it has to be spiritually discerned. And so what he was saying, the people that are around you, they're able to give you some water. Amen. If you're thirsty, they're able to give you some water. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger, seeing that, amen, when you start thinking about that, when people come into the house of God and they don't look like, amen, because thank God he looks at our hearts and not the outer appearance. Oh, bless the Lord. Because we can look at somebody that don't look like, amen, they got it all together. Don't look like God can use them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So when people come in, we look not at how they look, but at their heart. So here, she was a stranger, and she began to try to understand how, amen, that she would find favor in all of these other people are around, and now God has moved her to the front. Verse 11, Boaz answered and said unto her, it has fully been shown to me. Come on, he had discerned it. He had a, a being, he, the, the, the gifts were working. Amen. I heard about all you've done with your mother-in-law. Amen. That you uh, you came with her after, even after her husband and her two sons had left. You still believed in her and you left the world, amen, to come to Bethlehem, Judah. I heard everything about you. God knows everything about you. All that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and has thou hast left thy father and thy mother. I begin to look at that father and thy mother. Hallelujah. Glory to God. She left her father and her mother. And the first thing comes to mind is the father alive. Come on. She left Satan. The father alive. And left her mother the religious church. Alright? Amen. Going to the next left. You left your father and your mother. You left Moab, amen, where the father lies was, and the religious church was you determined you was going to leave that place and come here. In the land of thy, thy nativity and the heart and heart. Come unto thy people which thou knowest not here unto for. And so she, the, the boy was saying, I know everything about you. God knows everything about us. And that when we're willing to leave those things, he has something already prepared. Somebody say, oh, purpose. Amen. Verse 12, the Lord recompense. That means to repay for the thing, the things that we do for God. And it has nothing to do with money. 
Amen. And a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings, amen, under whose wings thou art come to trust, whose wings, whose covering, amen. That's why we need a covering, amen. We need a, a, a pastor, we need a house of God. He says, I've come to trust. Amen. When you start to think about this, wings mean covering. It means a church. Amen. That an anointing, a cloak to cover his people. Verse 13. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou that hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thy handmaid. Go, I be not like unto the one of thy handmaid. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come thou hither and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in vinegar. This points to the bread and the body, the blood, the bread and the blood, the bread and the blood, the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And she sat beside the rivers, and he reached, he gave her parched corn. <laughs> What's parched corn? If I remember parched corn, Dr. Bellamy. Amen. Mature. Amen. Mature word of God. Hallelujah. He began to now give her. Did you remember the children of Israel when it was on the other side of when it was on the side of the left side of Jordan? Before they moved over on the other side, they were eating manna from heaven. Manna daily provision was being, amen, dropped out of heaven every day. All they had to do was wait for speaking the word of God. Hallelujah. But when they crossed over Jordan, which means death, amen, that he would kill our will, our intellect, and our emotions, they crossed over Jordan, their diet changed. When you want to look at it in Joshua, we talked about when they got ready to cross over. And when they crossed over, amen, River Jordan, they had to begin to feed themselves the whole nother level of the word of God. And so he gave her parched corn for tool word. And she did eat and was sufficed. And because she got her to a word, she had enough word for her and some left over. Make think about the, what is it, five loaves, the two fish and the five loaves of bread. Amen. Is it five loaves? Yeah, two, yes. Two fish and five loaves of bread. And the Bible says the disciples, after they ate, they had 12 baskets left over. Amen. Somebody say the to a word. Amen. And first, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Verse number 15, which we covered, and when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let, let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. That's so powerful. A handfuls of purpose. Lord have mercy. Yeah, Father, I see a couple of smiles on the face. Y'all don't catch it. I mean, God blesses us in the times when we get it. It's just on purpose. Yeah. Hallelujah. Some of we as the body of Christ, we don't know what really blessing is because the first thing we think about is the material thing. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. We're a blessed people to be able to hear. Yes. In the midst of her situation, she was still able to hear, I'm going back to Bethlehem, Judah. And then the food is there. The word is there. Hallelujah. Which is going to bring life. Here in verse 17, so she gleaned in the field until Eve, 
and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephod of barley, and she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was surprised. She had enough word to give her mother-in-law to feed her. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wouldest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who has not left off his kindness to living and to the dead. You see, Naomi still, she ain't got the word, she ain't gave her bread yet. She ain't been, she ain't ate yet, but she's still bitter. Oh, God ain't forgot about me. He done gave you a little blessing, so he still remembered the living and the dead. I'm not somebody that knew God powerfully and now owe ye a little faith. He's still blessing the living and they're showing some kindness. And they only said to her, the man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kingsmen. Ruth the Moabite said, he said unto me also, thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all of my heart. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. Do not leave from Bethlehem, Judah, ever again. Verse 23 is where I want to pivot in my clothes. Hallelujah. Y'all been blessed with the word. We're going to walk through it. Amen. So she kept fast with the maidens of Boaz. To glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwell with her mother-in-law. And as I was reading that and trying to see how the Lord wanted me to end this chapter, my eyes drew into barley harvest and wheat harvest. And I said I knew what harvest season meant. But now I'm seeing two different harvests. And quickly the Holy Spirit says there are three types of harvest. You know, God give you just a, He just give you something at times and then you want to see if you're gonna go and search it out. And I just he just showed me that this morning as I was preparing to come out, the different types. So you know Google is real good. Siri real good. I typed in what are how many different harvests are there in scripture? And this is what I found. After further research, the man of God says here, I have come to understand the three harvests are barley harvest, wheat harvest, and grapes. That is a harvest. Which we have mentioned in greater, more specific way in the previous writings. He said, I have assigned the barley, wheat, and the grape. This is what he says. He says the barley harvest points to the overcomers. Well, I got really excited when I heard that. 
the nations and the world in general are the wheat harvest. The great harvest points to revelation. Those who refuse to change and have one last chance. The barber's harvest represents the first part of God's plan. Remember we talked about the end result, and I'll keep repeating myself over and over again. Guys, the real end of God's, the end result of God is really not the spotless bride, though he wants, he's going to have a spotless bride. But the end result is to produce a son. Because God married Israel, Israel produced Jesus, a son. God married, and you have to spiritually discern these. God, he, when he said, I'm married to the backslider, or married to the adulteress, he's talking about the church. And so, God married Israel, and Israel produced the son. Jesus, in the New Testament, marries the church, which is the bride of Christ, and produces a man child, which is overcoming. And so, when we look in Revelation chapter 12, the Bible tells us that the woman, amen, is fled into the wilderness and she's prepared. They feed her. It talks about the son being caught up and how the dragon that stands before the woman to devour the son. The son is caught up and when the son is caught up, they're teachers. Come on. The sons of God, amen, the horde is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And as they're mature, then the son comes and delivers the mother. Come on. The son now feeds the mother. You know, naturally so, amen, our mothers, our parents raise us. Then when they get old, the children turn around and take care of the parents. In this aspect, again, God married Israel, Israel produced the son Jesus. Jesus married the church, and the church produced a man-child or overcome. And so there first, they come first, and it says that the barley harvest represents the first part of God's plan. Those in this first harvest are referred to in Scripture as overcomers. The gathering in of the nations is actually a of the barley harvest. It is, and through the manifestation of the sons of God, so you know I'm just all over the place, Amen. That all nations will come to know the Lord and serve him through the overcomers. Overcomers shall come forth in the first resurrection in the power of the Holy Ghost to reign on earth under the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. The wheat harvest represents the church in general. It speaks of those who were justified by faith but either did not go through or submit to the sanctification process for paying the price. They are believers by our need of further correction in order to be fully sanctified and put on the divine nature and character of the heavenly Father. There still remains iniquity or lawlessness in their lives that must be purged out by fire fiery law of God. Those who are part of the wheat harvest shall be brought forth in the second resurrection to be saved. The last harvest is the great harvest. represents the unbelievers. It speaks of those who have neither been justified or sanctified. They shall go through God's wrath and judgment. 
The lake of fire, we know these are types and shadows. Amen. And then the purposes of God to bring about correction. You know, there's trouble. Hey, Amen. Trouble don't last always. It's going to last as long as, amen, until you come in a line with God, trouble is there. But it comes to make us strong. Good news to be associated with all of this is that these three harvests represent a guarantee, the salvation of all of the fullness of time. As far as God is concerned, salvation for all is not if, but when. Let us call to remembrance what Paul told us in 1 Corinthians. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. Each in his own order. Each in his own submission. Each in his own time. Hallelujah. The throttle. Time is at hand. Meaning you can go as fast as you want to go. God knows you don't want to go as slow as you want to go. Because when God calls, He determines. We will obey him. We don't want to be a part of the great parts. We want to be a part of the hallelujah barley harvest. Barley harvest are the overcomers. Thank you, Lord. 